Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Hey, my friends, welcome to the Truth Lies Shenanigans podcast. Social commentary, hot topics, and amazing guests with a ton of fun and shenanigans along the way. My name is Neo Nix, and I'll be your host today. This week, we've got the brown girl interrupting herself, Miss Maria Cosme, back again, guest hosting with us today. And we've got some hot topics for you as well. Rob B wants to talk about Fox News' Laura Ingram saying parents should have to work into their 70s to pay off kids' student loans, or at least her mother did. I wanted to bring up Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. And in a quick fire, Lizzie wants to talk about the Russian and Belarus players being banned from Wimbledon because of the war in Ukraine. And we'll also talk about Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly drinking each other's blood. But first, let me introduce you to my amazing co-host today. First up, the professor, journalist, editor, and sports intern mentor at Anscape, ESPN's Anscape, out of Washington, D.C., Miss Lizzie Enders. What's up? What's up, everyone? Happy Sunday, fun day. Hope you guys had a great week. Uh, I've been busy, busy, busy. I've been coughing from allergies, can't see because of allergies. But the good thing is uh, NFL Draft 2022 started on Thursday evening, ended last night. I'm happy to say that four players from historically black colleges and universities were chosen. Nice. Um, first time that has happened in the uh, NFL Draft, I believe, since 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it was a good, it was a good, good, good three days for some of these young, talented football players across the country. Um, they made me tired. I was up all night for three nights in a row editing stories, but you know, it was a good thing. So next up will be the NBA draft at the end of June. NBA draft. Uh, Woot. Woot, woot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And our gamer tech guru and rock star with the rock band Fallen Machine coming to you from Sudbury, Ontario. Mr. Rob B. Rock. What's up, what's up, everyone? It's another super Sunday. A bit of a challenging week, uh, personally, taking care of family matters, but I've been focusing on creative endeavors at home just to help manage the stress and stay in a positive space. And I've been getting into shape playing the drums. I try to play 45 minutes (laughs) to an hour every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, with that double bass pedal, it's almost like running. And I've Got a few goal songs like Hammer by Death Clock, Psychosocial by Slipknot. Uh, those are target songs. And but trying to do it, it's it's like running for five minutes. My glutes get tender, really get tender from the workout. <laughs> glutes. So in the in the meantime, I've relegated myself to working my way up by playing some white stripes and you know, some early Metallica, that kind of stuff. And it's it's almost starting to sound like the songs I'm trying to play. Oh, nice, nice. All right. And our special guest host back again today. We brought back the talented brown girl interrupting blogger and the host of the Pain to Power podcast, Miss Maria Cosme. What's up, 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 what's
up, brown girl? What's up, fellow brown girl? Hello, brown and, girl. I'm loving being with another brown girl in this space. That's fabulous. And of course, with Neo and Rob, thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited to be back on Truth, Lies, and Shenanigans. Um, hoping for some shenanigans and some good stuff. I know it's going to be good. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, you know, you're sharing some some interesting things from this week. I will say for me, this week has been a week of a lot of creativity. I, I went outside my box in a couple different ways, and it was a it was invigorating. I needed a little bit of that. You know, we get into these creative ruts, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I, I revamped my website, which was very exciting. That was like an IT creativity moment, and uh, yeah. you know, labor. And it looks like, great, by the way. Days. Good for you. But, Thank you. Nice. I appreciate it. So definitely go check it out. www.browngirlinterrupting.com. Um, and, and you can see a nice little menu bar. So everything is organized and you can go back and look at all my posts from 2020 all the way to now. Wow. Um, and nice. I did a spoken word performance yesterday at an oh, wow. poetry. So that was pretty dope and I enjoyed it. Um, and Lizzie, it was actually it was local. It was a DC spot. So, uh, oh, with, nice. with one of my, previous guest whiskey girl she does whiskey nights at culture club cult, coffee culture two in dc so check it out last right. saturday of every month awesome nice yes yeah i mean and you have the the performers were fire i was on stage with some amazing amazing people so it's always a treat for me um, and I'm great, grateful to be here with all of you today. Oh, we love having you back. All right, so Maria, I have a short clip I pulled from your YouTube channel of a reading from your blog, Brown Girl Interrupting. Let's take a listen. Come and join me for heavy lifting. And here's a little taste. I will be the first person to tell you I am not easy. I am not easy as a daughter. Because I question everything that my parents wanted me to internalize as their norm, so my three siblings accepted or acquiesced to them. I'm not easy as a friend, because I had expectations and a short patience for nonsense, so I walking away from friendship has been always quick and painless for me. I'm not easy as a mother, because I relentlessly try to foster and facilitate my children's growth despite their pushback and distance. I prod my boys to be emotionally open, and I guide my daughter to be bold and take up space. That same challenge of not being easy has plagued my romantic relationships as well. For a long time, I thought it was my fault. I was too much and needed to shrink myself for the people I chose to bring into my romantic realm. And I did countless times and with nothing. Oh, that's deep. Mm -hmm. Countless times, huh? Yeah, countless times. I guess we're going to have to listen to you, it. You know. It's a reading, right? There was a reading, so we have to go to your website. It's yeah. It's so it's just a piece of my uh, my most recent one. Uh, well, not my most recent. I've actually written three more since then, but it's one of the recent posts called Heavy Lifting, and it's a piece of it. And it just yeah, it talks about just uh, this idea of what it is to to be a complex woman. And Lizzie, I see you nodding. We know, right? Uh -huh. And it's uh -huh. funny because I was just on that show yesterday, and one of the trends is that it's just so common for women to be going through this this challenge yeah. of navigating the complexities of relationships and, and, and that, that countless times is common. <laughs> wow. And I think as, as you get older, if you're single, it gets, it becomes more complex as you get older. Right. Um, because you do become a bit set in your ways and you're just like, you know, I am not down for the shits. I'm too old for this. 
too old. Yeah, <laughs> I can definitely relate. Definitely relate. Yes, yes, yes. All right. All right. Let's get started with our show. Time for quick fire. Hosts have some topics to share, but we only have three minutes to discuss and one minute to hear from our audience. Please type your comments in as fast as you can. Any topics where a host do not shut up, we've got the dreaded mute button. (laughs) All right. Let's get into it. We actually want to hear from Lizzie. Lizzie, you're up with some Wimbledon news. Um, so yeah, so I think I've mentioned a thousand times on this show that I used to be the tennis editor at Sports Illustrated for about six years. So tennis is one of my favorite sports. And so this is a topic that um, has been dear, near and dear to my heart for the past couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, uh, the All England Club at Wimbledon announced that for this year's tournament, because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, all Russian players, all Belarusian players will be banned from the tournament. Um, kind of as an admonishment for Putin and for Belarus, which has sided with Putin and Russia with the war in Ukraine. And so this is um, caused a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of controversy, a lot of commentary across the sports world. When you think about the Russian players, they are very dominant in tennis. On the men's side, the number two player in the world, Daniil Medvedev, um, he's Russian, the number eight player in the world is Russian Rublev. On the women's side, there are two Russian players and one uh, player from Belarus in the top 20. So this is a big deal for these players. So I'm just curious, and with the panel, do you guys think this is fair? Or do you think that it's a little bit of hypocrisy coming out of the Queen's homeland? Hmm. Let's start with with Rob. Yeah, start yeah, I, you know, it, they're not the first uh, sports association to impose bans on Russian and Belarusian players. Wimbledon was in a bad spot here because if they were to admit Russian players, they would be at odds with their national government. If they banned Russian players, then they're, then they're at odds with the t- tennis's governing body. And at the end of the day, I would rather piss off Scott Lloyd and Daniil Medvedev than Boris Johnson. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Mario? All right. So, um, so Lizzie, you definitely have a lot of knowledge on this topic. I'm going to say, I don't. I'm not a sports enthusiast. I don't even know Wimbledon that well. But what I guess for me came up is I just thought like it. It seems like a technical response to a more complicated problem, right? Like, uh, and and mm-hmm. and it also felt like the players are not the ones that need to be punished. It's really the the country itself, right? Like that it's, I don't know. To me, it was a deflection of where it should be, where the energy should be of like, what should you actually ban and what should you speak out against and try to work towards rather than it's just the player. So I, I think for me, I, that's how I looked at it. And I see it as though, um, you know, this isn't the Olympics, you know, <laughs> this isn't, uh, just because someone is from a country or was born in a country or even represents a country doesn't necessarily mean that they um, should be banned. Um, it's just a little bit, It's like I say, it's different than the Olympics where you are representing the country or the country sends representative or supports representatives. This Wimbledon and tennis is a bit different. So, And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm going to leave it at that. Go ahead, Lizzie. I just can say, you know, you brought up the Olympics. You know, we just finished the Winter Olympics in China. 
Um, and then, um, and then we had the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. And for both, right, Russia was banned technically for doping. However, the athletes were allowed to compete under the ROC, the mm-hmm. Russian Olympic Committee, mm-hmm. still using the Russian name, but not the Russian flag. Um, I think we're splitting hairs here. I think we're splitting hairs here. A lot of these players don't even live in their, the country of their birth anymore. Right. They live elsewhere in Europe or some live in the United States. Um, I think I, I would ask Wimbledon, I would ask the All England Club, does this really affect Russia in the way you think it would? Is this really bothering or hurting Putin? Or is it really hurting the players, not just the Russian players or the Belarusian players, but also the other players? Because technically it affects everyone's ranking. Mm-hmm. You lose mm-hmm. points if you don't play in a tournament. So it has the, the effects of this are far reaching. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the other tournaments do. The next Grand Slam before Wimbledon, we have the French Open. Gotcha. And France um, has not banned anyone, not even Djokovic. No. Um, so we'll <laughs> see what happens um, in the next couple of weeks. The French Open starts in a few weeks. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's look at these comments online. Uh, Jacqueline Robinson says, glad you mentioned the Olympics. Putin just rewarded the young Russian female skater um, who was used. Hmm. What happened with that? That's the 15-year-old that was doping. Right. How was she rewarded? I'm not aware of that. You know? Sorry, my my voice. Um, So he appeared with her, I believe, on Russian national television last week. She's been given some actual monetary rewards. He has basically, you know, deemed her a national hero in Russia. because she still, you know, competed and she did not denounce her country, um, even though we know that there was some shady stuff going on in terms of who she was getting the drugs from. Right. Again, she's 15, 16 years old. She's not out on the street getting these performance enhancing drugs on her own. All of that came from the Russian Olympic Committee. But she never sold her country out. And so this is what she gets from Putin in return. Um, the tennis players, on the other hand, for the most part, have all denounced what's been going on in Russia and Ukraine. Um, so it's it's a bit, again it's a very complicated situation. I'm not, I'm not pretending, you know, to have all of the answers. But I find it interesting that you know England, of all of the nations in the world, one of the most imperialist nations mm-hmm. on the planet, even Rob's country still has the Mother Queen on his currency. We do. We do. They want to, you know, ban people and penalize people for war. Very yeah. interesting. Very yeah. interesting. And, and doesn't it also set like a precedent, though, if we can do this with this country and these countries? Mm-hmm. Like what, what mm. other countries? Are we and we're not really there? talking what? about the other countries like China. Like China. I like mean, why, why was there no ban on China? Communist China, country of a million and one human rights violations against its citizens. You have people who have issues with Israel. I know Israel is an ally. Israel, and there's a nuclear US. country as well. But I'm sure the Palestinians are sitting there wondering, well, how come the Israeli players haven't been banned? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot that goes into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, to talk about China, I mean, we, I mean, we're talking about forced sterilizations, abortions, the largest scale detention of an ethnic Female group since World War II. I mean, Kong, genocide. Yeah. It, Lots of, lots of issues. I mean, lots it's like, issues. but I mean, they basically kidnapped a player 
last year who still has been, you know, kind of banned and not allowed to speak about what happened. But she tweeted out that she had been abused by someone in the Chinese government, right? And oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Once she treated, yeah. treated that out, she mm-hmm. disappeared. Yep. She disappeared. Yes. And yeah. then all of we a sudden. We haven't heard from her much since. We've heard from her, but they've been very um, muted. Muted. Publicized mm-hmm. statements, yep. you know, that doesn't even sound like her. Now, one but other yes, comment. One other comment that I think is uh, valuable. You, Mike Winter says, kind of disagrees with uh, what we're saying. You have to incentivize the players to speak out against the war so Putin stops the madness. Mm-hmm. But some of the players have spoken out against some. the war. You know, I mean, we're not talking about like if you punish the them, one. they'll talk more. I think. But, one, but if these are the, the people's, players... if these are the Russian people's heroes, and the Russian people's heroes are now denouncing the war, it does carry weight over does. time. It absolutely yeah. does. Yeah, he makes a but good point. But you also here. have to, but you all know because you also have to think about a lot of these Russian players still have families in Russia, and if they go speaking out publicly against Putin, they're not in Russia, but their families still are. Mario, their families are the something. ones. Their families are the ones that are going to, you know, be penalized. Maria, you, you were trying to say something. You got 15 seconds. We're going to shut it down. after. No, I think actually I, I, it, it's, I'm going to pass. <laughs> I was going to oh. say something and then I think it went away with what the comments were. So, like. All right. So is this truth, lies, or lies, shenanigans? shenanigans. It's, it's true. It's shenanigans. It's true, man. I'm going with shenanigans. It's shenanigans. Shenanigans going on. They need to. I mean, I'm still going to say Russia and Ukraine are not the only conflict out there. <laughs> There's other countries doing some really bad shit. It, to me, it, it poses the question of just like, is it, is it really about Putin or is it about something? Like, money. I just feel like it's, it's yeah, like it's always it's money. Money resources. and like, oil when we, when and natural gas. Politics, and nuclear really weapons, right? And nuclear weapons. Money, oil, and nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Which is money too, to some degree, right? Like that's money. That's control sure. over weaponry. Yep. It's death, also instant death. All right, let's get to our second quick fire. <laughs> All right, this is fun. Transformer star Megan Fox surprised everyone in January when she revealed that she and recording artist Machine Gun Kelly drank each other's blood as part of their engagement. In a recent interview with British Glamour, she provided more details. She says, it's just a few drops. We consume each other's blood for ritual purpose. I read tarot cards, I'm into astrology, and I do rituals on new moons and full moons and all these things. Also, I should mention where it's a ritual for her. She says Machine Gun Kelly is a little more haphazard. (laughs) She says he's willing to just cut his chest open and be like, take my soul, in her words. But there's more to this. She says that she believes she manifested him, created him, because, quote, he's literally my exact physical type that I've been manifesting since I was four. I'm also four years older than him. So I think I made him. Who knows what he would have looked like or been like if it wasn't for me? So my question, uh, what would you do? If your significant other had the taste for blood and claimed to have manifested you, I'm going to start with Liz on this. I, I, you know, they're adults, right? They can do whatever they want to do. Um, 
I'm not going to knock them. I mean, would I drink someone's blood? No. Um, but I mean, you know, if you think about it in the scheme of things, well, one, I wouldn't drink anyone's blood because, you know, there, there's viral hepatitis. There are all kinds of things that you could get, you know, from doing that. But if you think about it in the scheme of things and, you know, if you have very sensitive ears, I suggest you close them right now. But, you know, you have people who, you know, perform fellatio and swallow. So if you could swallow semen, <laughs> Whoa. you could drink some blood. I mean, that's a good it's point. Not, that's not a bad point, it's actually. It's, it's just bodily not fluids that I would do. Or even right, saliva, if you think about it. You know, folks popping saliva all the time. That's true. Right, Robbie? All right. So first off, Transformers star. How dare you? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I, when I read the article, it's only a few drops of blood and it's being used ritualistically. So the headline really blows that out of proportion. And I don't think that there's anything weird about spiritual slash mystical slash shamanistic traditions. Humans have been doing this shit for a long time. Now, if someone had said, hey, I manifested you when I was four, I would have said you had really low standards when you were four. You're a messed up kid. <laughs> That's just, yeah, that shit's not right, man. That's crazy. I took a few more minutes. <laughs> I know we're out of time, but go ahead, Mario. Go ahead. I, I just, like, I found it hilarious, right? Like, and, and for, for two reasons. One, one of which is just, like, I think, I think it's one of those things where, and I believe in spirituality, and I've been in this spiritual journey, and I've been learning a lot about spirituality, but I think it's, like, one of those, those entertainment-sake spirituality moments, right? Like, let's take something that is, is, is genuinely what people believe. And now it's this kind of like, I don't know, when I read it, she was like, I do tarot and I, you know, I, I got this and I got that and I'm manifesting him from when I was a kid. And I'm like, that's that. I don't know. It just felt like it was kind of a dramatic way to talk about something that actually does have uh-huh. meaning for some people. Right. Like I think uh-huh. those rituals, right. Like, and there are, there are communities and there are cultures that do use blood and, in probably in 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 very specific spiritual places, but spirituality is a really like intentional personal thing. It's personal not thing. something for headlines, right? Like it's just very different. And I I felt like I couldn't take it seriously. And honestly, as I heard you reading, as I watched you read the the um the headline, Neil, I was watching everybody's faces. I was like, nobody could keep a straight face <laughs> while listening to this headline, right, and this story because it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of like the next fat. That's what yeah. it feels like, right? And I was thinking back to like, remember when Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton mm-hmm. had the vials of blood? The vials, right? yeah. Like, it, look at me, look at me. That's really what look it's about. Look at me. That's what it's about. Look at me, look at me. First right. off, I, because you, I, I just want to say, I think I may have manifested my wife too. You know, we basically have the different, same difference in age, you know, as, as these two. And she's my exact body type preference and I'm I'm positive. I'm I'm gonna tell her tonight. <laughs> I think I'm I created her with my mom. If Neo doesn't appear on the show next week, y'all. If Neo doesn't appear on the show next week, y'all, you will know why. Mm. <laughs> and, and Neo, is that gonna be before or after the blood exchanges? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Who gonna I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I, I I thought the blood thing was not that bad. It was this manifestation thing that had me just I was like, really? Really? Yeah, that was uh, all right. Let me get to these comments online because there were some funny ones. All right. Brian Mike Winter says Brian Austin Green is probably breathing a sigh of relief because she boo, seems to boo, be boo, a lot. Boo. 
Who, that was her, her ex, who, um, Brian, Brian Austin, Austin Green. Green, who was abusive to her both uh, physically and mentally. She has spoken about it on several occasions. She's the one who actually filed for divorce the first time, and she was underage when they first started dating. Okay. So, boom. All right. So we're mm-hmm. not going. We're not. We're not buying into that comment. All right. No. So uh, Jacqueline Robbins says, "Why are mentally ill, attention-seeking people allowed to marry and procreate?" Uh, Why should they be? I mean, you know. Paulette Bertrand said, "Good question." She also said that she would walk away, and she if she lets you in. Nia. <laughs> so uh, Paulette Bertrand says, "If she lets you in, Neo." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I don't, I don't think my wife delicious. is buying into that. I'm, I'm gonna tell no. her anyway. Watch. <laughs> I'm gonna tell her. I'll let you know next. So week who's gonna be hosting says. the show next week? Who's gonna be hosting the <laughs> right? show next week? Right. All right. <laughs> is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? Oh my god! Truth, lies, shenanigans. No, this is for attention. It's all shenanigans. This is all about it. I mean, I mean no. she might actually, she might actually feel that way though. She might. I mean, but who goes around telling people that, making those statements public? Like you and Rob are married. Maria was married. Like, were you so open about what goes on in your personal relationship? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that open. Oh, well. I don't know. All I right. heard a whole blog about it. She did, right? Yeah, Mario. Mario's Mar- <laughs> Mar- Mar- the exception. <laughs> All right. All right. Before we get into our main topics, I remind you to check out our after show. The conversations can be intense, fun, or sometimes just chill. Here's a clip from the after show the last time Mario joined us. Here we're talking about the infamous slap and Will Smith having a generally positive persona before the slap. For years. What are you? Bill Cosby had an amazing public persona, but what he was doing behind the scenes is not the same. So for us to just sit here and be like, Bill Cosby had been accused of abusing women in the eighties and in the nineties and in the two thousands, paid tons of money in lawsuits. Do your research, brother. Do your research. So, Lizzie, I think I agree with everything you said in terms of like. I, I I agree. Like, I think that you can't look at one without the other. I totally agree That's with that. My and only to point. Me, That's my only and point. to me, and to me, I think though, to me, when I see that, what I think is that's the difference between someone who addresses a trauma and someone who lets that trauma Suppresses. continue without addressing it. And then honestly, I think this is where it's not in a vacuum. He's married to a narcissistic person. Which adds to that go. trauma, right? We're not going to do the Jada hate. We're not going to do the Jada hate. We're not going to do the Jada hate today. <laughs> All right. That was an intense, fun conversation. So download all of the previous after show episodes. Subscribe to Truth Lies Shenanigans anywhere you listen to podcasts or go to TLSpod.com. All right. Let's get now to main topics. Our main topic this week. Truth, lies, shenanigans. Robbie, you are up. I am. All right. So before we get into Laura, let's let's just provide some background. So there's currently $1.7 trillion in student loan debt across the U.S. held by some 40 million Americans. Democratic lawmakers have been advising Biden to cancel student debt, and dozens of Congress members are saying that he should use his executive powers to eliminate at least $50,000 in debt per borrower. Biden's been a little bit Cooler than that, saying that it'd be closer to 10K per borrower. The moratorium on student loan payments expires uh, August 31st. And Biden has stated that he will either extend the moratorium or do some sort of debt cancellation before that date. Now, Laura Ingram decided to tweet about this Thursday morning. 
And her tweet reads, my mom worked as a waitress until she was 73 to pay for our, our college, even helped with loan repayment. Loan forgiveness is just another insult to those who play by the rules. So I'm curious, does Laura Ingram's tweet make a stronger argument for student loan forgiveness rather than against it? Good question. Let's start with Lizzie again. You know, um, I don't think she, as is the case with most of her declarations, I don't think she really thought this through the way she presented it. Um, one, give some backstory for her. Um, you know, Laura Ingram is one of four kids. They're all kind of close in proximity to age. So in looking at doing research on her and this issue, her mom worked until she was uh, 73 in 1994, and then she died in 1995. Her mom said, you know, that she, for all of the kids, was working to help, you know, pay off the student loan debt. What Laura didn't realize is that in using her mom as an example, <laughs> she was saying, this is the reason why we need student loan forgiveness. Parents should not be working into the golden years to help pay off debt for their children. And a lot of times, I don't think what a lot of people know, I don't know what the loan, student loan situation is like in Canada, Rob, but a lot of times when you fill out a FAFSA, that's the form um, to apply for financial aid, you can apply for loans as a student but also your parents can take out a loan on their behalf. And mm -hmm. so that's what a lot of parents do. They take out the parent, the parent portion of the loan and they are responsible for that. Now, granted, if you make a whole bunch of money, you could give your parents money to pay that off, mm -hmm. but it goes on their parents' credit report. And so I think, you know, Laura gave credence to Biden's argument. She we don't want old did. folks who have retired to still be, who should have retired mm -hmm. at 73. And he was working as a waitress. You know, yeah. that's not always fun for a 73-year-old woman. So I think once again, Miss Laura put her foot in her mouth and didn't really think about the statement that she was making. Yeah, she got a lot of blowback on Twitter. So for example, one, one tweet says, do you hate your own mother? This is from Dave Zirin. Do you hate your mother so much you want others to What's suffer? She suffered. And then What's up, Dave? Dave works at the nation. Dave has been um, a speaker for my classes at the School of the New York Times. What's up, Dave? Oh, you know Dave. Okay. Oh, I know cool. Dave. Our Brittany Nupper says, Happy Mother's Day. May we all work our moms into the grave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Horrible. Horrible. I mean, then uh, Aaron Menke says, The rules shouldn't include working into your 70s to pay for a child's tuition. That's dumb and broken and not at all normal. Maybe we should stop shaming people who are buried under debt from a corrupt system instead reform the system that buried them. Maria, what are your thoughts? I are you working to 73, Maria? Are you going to work to 73, 75? Yeah, kids? For student no. debt, just for student debt. <laughs> you know, I, like, I think the, num the amount of things that came out, like for me, one, her privilege in many ways, even mm -hmm. though her mother was paying off this debt, I think the privilege to be able to be like, it's just playing by the rules. First of all, the rules don't work for everyone, clearly. And the system was designed to get the results it gets, which is an economic debt for, for people who are struggling to create the barriers to actually getting higher education. Like, that's mm -hmm. the big picture here that she's trying to say is not the thing, right? Um, and I think, yeah, her argument, like, to answer your question, Rob, for sure, her argument was not... Was, was entirely against what she was trying to actually say, right? Like she, she, she walked into it and, um, and, 
it's a ridiculous thing. It's a ridiculous thing to imagine that we want. Like, no, I do not want to be working until my 70s to pay off the loans of my children. And and it's, it's yeah, the whole thing. And I was just thinking, like, even just the idea that, like, this country, and this goes back to, like, it's all economics, right? It's really all about the money mm-hmm. and and who gets the money and the power from the money and who controls opportunities and access for people. But, like, in other countries... U.S. is probably, and I don't know all the research, I don't know if any of you know more, but like our country is the only one that has this massive amount of student debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this massive amount, yes. There's got to be some kind of system that we need to examine to understand why that is such a big thing in how we Mm -hmm. actually educate our our kids. It's it's education, it's learning. It's massive amount of student debt as a result of massive amounts of tuition. We pay Mm -hmm. an absorbent amount of money to go to school. When I lived in Finland, to go to university, you maybe pay $1,000 a year. Maybe. But Liz, Liz, you have to stop and look at taxation. I know that U.S. residents are vehemently opposed to taxation and then cry about services that they need to pay for. If you look at Scandinavian countries who are taxed at almost 40 to 50%, But if you don't have to worry about saving for education, if you don't have to worry about saving for retirement, if you don't have to save for healthcare, you lead a stress-free life because you know that you are taken care of by the system that you have contributed into your entire life. It's this individualistic nature in the U.S. that's so toxic. Eat it. But taxes aren't paying for private school education. That's the thing. It may, taxes might pay for state universities, but the $75,000 a year tuition at Harvard is not be, being paid by Massachusetts state taxes. So again, it's one of those things where we are overcharging people to get an education. Yeah. We are overcharging people. You're making the point I was going to make, Lizzie, and it was um, this guy, Kasim Rashid. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. You graduated from Dartmouth in 1985 when tuition was $10,000 a year. Now it's $61,000 a year. The insult is changing the rules to bail out billionaires to the tune of $10 trillion, but stiffing working people with predatory tuition and interest socialism for the rich bootstraps for us. Also, think about this. Laura Laura Ingraham is worth $75 million today, right? Her kids will never have to worry about student loan debt. Mm. True. So it's easy for her to take this argument, to take this position, reflecting on her poor 70-year-old tired mother working as a waitress to pay for her student loan debt and her sibling's student loan debt. Rob, I think her you kids had... will never have to face that. Did you get, did you just say everything you need to say, Rob? I just have one quick thing that I wanted to add on. It as I was researching it, one of the more noticeable impacts of widespread loan forgiveness would be to impact the racial wealth gap because black undergrads are more likely than any other racial group to have borrowed money to pay for college. Yes. So, you know, I, it doesn't surprise me that this is calling from Laura Ingraham and Fox. It Mm -hmm. really doesn't surprise me. Like, it's not just private schools, though. It's even state. Like, if you have to still pay, I mean, uh, 25000 is a lot of money a year for for people who are single parents or, you know, like, I mean, like, those are, it, like, it doesn't, you don't have to just be spending 60000 to be in debt at the end of school, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even our state tuition is 
very expensive and difficult for community colleges cost money. Community well, colleges. It, it, I, my son is right now in that situation with community college, right? Everything costs money. And and I think it goes back to Lizzie, what you're saying is that like the 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 system that's broken is that and it goes back to what you said too, Rob, is that like what it is is it the tuition is our gatekeeper. And only people who are able to access that ability, even to get the loan, right? Is are the ones that have that ability to access it and then not be in debt for the rest of your life. So like, you know, you're, you're, I mean, how many adults are still paying off their student loans? Uh, Listen, when I, I don't know when I paid off my, I'm not, I paid off. I'm not actually. I cried. I cried when I figured out because I, I, you know, I have two undergrad degrees and a master's degree. That's a lot of money. Um, And for the state, Another thing to consider for state universities, there's in-state tuition and out-of-state tuition. And out-of-state tuition is almost triple, actually more than triple in a lot of cases, of what in-state tuition is. And so when I was at University of Colorado, in-state tuition, I think, for Colorado residents was like $6,000 or something like that for the whole year, both fall and spring semester. Out-of-state tuition was 25 plus each semester. And that was back in 1993. And so, again, it's it's a burden. It's one of the first debt that 18, 19-year-olds will ever have. Mm-hmm. And then to yeah. graduate with that debt and and not necessarily have a job that's going to help pay it off, yeah. it's awful. Mm-hmm. It's All right, we're out of time on this. So, and um, your credit scores, like, it's just, it's a roll. It's, it's, a, a, it's a whole average. Right. So Mike Winter says, a perfect response on Twitter. Um, and she could have done like Tucker's and marry rich and go, go to a mediocre school. Jacqueline Robinson, Lori Ingram's uh, argument is not the, is not the own. She thinks it is. It's not her elderly mama's responsibility to pay off an adult child student loans by pulling away in their golden years. Especially when you said grown kids are gainfully employed. Uh, Daria Winters says that uh, we should restructure how much the schools can charge. Uh, Jackie Robinson says uh, some of the parents we represent uh, pay college level tuition for just Montessori and grade schools. Yeah, Other countries invest in the education of their children and attend excellent public mm-hmm. institutions. Can I just uh, add one more point? I know we're quick, almost out of time, but quick, in quick. terms of in terms of tuition and what students are paying, that money is not funneling down to the professor. As a former professor at Howard University, where you know tuition is several thousand dollars a year. I didn't get any of that money. Mm-hmm. No. A lot of a lot of professors, if you're not tenure, you're making shekels. Mm. You're making shekels on the dollar. Ade Boyega says uh this is Laura Ingram's uh this is Laura Laura Ingram we're talking about here. It's part of her brand to be off base. Privilege is what she's about. Ajani says yeah. the elites being out of touch with reality. Um, I promise you, I'm not paying no loans. I don't. Uh, I don't see college should be free. Um, and then Daria Winter says, uh, "Yes, we should look at Ted's. We should look at Ted Cruz graduating from where?" <laughs> oh, and uh, Gianni says, "You're smart, Rob." <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So, is this truth, lies, shenanigans? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. I don't have a bullshit nice, one. Rob. This is, nice, this is, this is Rob. I love that. Today. Oh, and then I'm going with. Uh, I love that one, Rob. 
<laughs> Rod, you don't have Rod to B. Hit. If you guys, for those on our podcast, Rod B actually drew <laughs> a bull <laughs> taking a shit. Kidding. Swapping. I think I'm gonna do, I think I'm gonna get a picture of a cow pie next time, Rob. I think I'm a, 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 a cow pie. <laughs> All right, let's get to our final topic. All right, Tesla CEO Elon Musk last week bought Twitter for $44 million. Apparently, he has big plans for Twitter, including eliminating ads, fighting spam bots, authenticating all humans, and making the Twitter algorithm open source. But the biggest change expected is he's expected to make Twitter what he calls a politically neutral digital town square for the world's discourse. Basically, it's been sounding like lying, misinformation, bullying, and inciting riots will be all good again. So my question to start things off, do we think Musk's concept of free speech is the right thing for social media? Let's start with Mario on this one. So are his concepts of free speech. So free speech on itself is different. His concept of free speech. So I, when I was reading <laughs> the article, the I think like who he's connecting with and who is supporting this process for him were very much right-wing conservatives, right? Like way, right? I think like there's definitely a leaning in where he's standing, what, what his purpose is. It feels like, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's obviously to be seen, but I think it's, it's a use of power and money. I mean, it all comes down to that again, right? Like to, to allow for um, some dangerous things in, in Twitter, right? I mean, that, that, that's it. That's all I've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My it's a, let me wrap up how I feel about it real quick. Okay. So the world, one of the world's richest men now has rockets for space travel, a fleet of communication satellites, and owns one of the biggest social media platforms out there. He can influence, shape the narrative how he wants. He can mine the data to his advantage. Elon is looking out for Elon, and this is scary. With that being said, I welcome our new overlord, and I'm so grateful to be using <laughs> <Yeah>. his internet. <laughs> no, <I'm>... um, <laughs> but I mean, this oh, is a it... tech oligarch who now has an amazing amount of power, especially because he's he can now help shape and control the narrative. I just want to say, I, I, he did try to clarify his thoughts on free speech. He says, uh, by free speech, I simply mean that which matches the law. I am against censorship. That goes far beyond the law. If people want less free speech, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect. Therefore, going beyond the law is contrary to the will of the people. So, Lizzie, what do you think? You know, before this, honestly, I guess I really didn't know that much about Elon Musk, aside from the fact that he owned Tesla and that he gives his kids with, what's her name, Grimes? Weird name. Other than that, I had no idea before last week that he was born in South Africa, um, that he had several siblings, that um, he has not just the two kids with Grimes, but he has also at least four other kids with his first wife. Um, so there's a lot going on with this guy that I, I just did not know, didn't care to know. Like, he, he was just not mm-hmm. on my radar. Um, but as it relates to, you know, him, his purchase of Twitter, I think people forget like, yeah, we can be up in arms about it, right? But Twitter is a private company, unfortunately. So he's well within his right to buy it. That, that doesn't mean that that's a good thing, but there's nothing we can do about him purchasing Twitter. Um, now, as 
people who may you, there is something Twitter. you can do you can switch platforms you can just leave twitter if you let me if you let huh. me finish right. as folks who use twitter you could choose not to use, like i i i only have a twitter account because i'm i'm always i work in media so i'm forced to i don't tweet a lot if i tweet i i retweet stuff i really don't write a lot of tweets but you know you cannot use twitter there are other forms of media social media out there where you can get your point across right um, I do think that he has an agenda, you know, um, he's made it clear, you know, he's no longer a Democrat, which may not be a bad thing, you know, um, but I do think he has an agenda. And I do think that this can be dangerous, especially since he tends to be, you know, a little friendly with the orange top that we know as Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> well, it's weird. Know, we don't really know his politics. He thinks he's Tony Stark, but he's more Lex Luthor. And I will, re- I will refer people back to the images he made disappear when he was balding towards early college, Ooh. late high school. Elon, oh, Elon I didn't made see, those I pictures disappear from things. the internet. I don't know these yes. things. I, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. I know he does. He he says that he um, has Asperger's. And now that I think about it, if that is true, I can see it. I could see yeah. it in the way he presents himself. Um, mm-hmm. I do think this is dangerous, but this is what is a product of a capitalist society, mm-hmm. right? You make a whole bunch of money and you can do whatever you want. So it's up to yeah. the people. The if you don't want Twitter to be a force, to have a voice in social media, now that Elon Musk has taken over, don't use it. Yeah, I'm curious. Do you think the uh, do you think that he is going to be okay with the bullying and the misogyny and the attacks on? Um, do I think he would even recognize it? No, I don't think well, he would even speech. recognize it. Yeah, that's the freedom yeah, to say think, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I don't think he would recognize it. I don't think he would acknowledge it unless it is um, in his direction, right? If people mm-hmm. are talking about or dogging or downing him. But the rest of us, why would so Twitter, Twitter is going to be just open, open to all of that. So long as, as it doesn't honestly, infringe on harassment laws, so laws. long, so long as they stay out of exactly out of the legal spectrum. But then there's still those challenges that you can make on the legal side. I still think that Twitter engages in that. Like Twitter isn't a safe haven. None. No I think None Twitter. I, I think Twitter is very dangerous and detrimental to a lot of people, especially young people, especially women, especially minorities, especially LGBTQ community. I mean, you know, I, I think it's a dangerous place. So go ahead, Mario. Yeah, I just, I, I was just thinking, like, I think for me, the fear is the combination of someone who has that much money and that much knowledge and understanding of AI. Like, to me, it's that artificial intelligence. It's that control of information and knowledge. Like, yeah. that's beyond what is he going to allow? But also, what is the algorithm going to create? Who are going to get the messages? What are the messages? Like, it's it's deep. It's deep. It's like programming of society. And I yeah. think that he found an outlet through his financial means, because he has them and he has that power and control to to start that. That's scary. That, yeah. to me, is frightening. I will say, I do like a lot of his other likely changes, like making sure you're verified <clears throat> as a human and you're not bots yeah. and you're no... I, you know, I, I think some of those things are going to be <clears throat> valuable, but outside of that, I think I'm really worried about it's just going to be an unsafe platform. Um, I think Twitter was trying 
was probably trying better than um, other platforms. Uh, but with that being said, uh, you know. I don't think they were really trying because, look, they never shut down Chris Egan, who was harassing and bullying a young lady, telling her to kill herself. So, yeah. fuck her. <laughs> All right. Um, Lizzie is not using Twitter for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only Jack- for work. Only for work. Only Jacqueline for work. Robinson says it might be a private company, but I'll be damned if I pay a subscription fee to use it. Um, yeah. Elon wants to well, shut that's down. another thing. Is he going to make us pay? Is he going to make us pay? To he, use he was Twitter? talking about, so I, what I was reading is he was talking about making it free, but for extras and things like that. He was going to, it was going to be a separate subscription model. So, yeah, no ad revenue, and if you're going to post a tweet, then you have to pay. Yeah, if you want longer tweets that tweet. or something like that, he doesn't yeah. make enough money already, right? Let's yeah. just fleece everybody. Or if you're posting images, maybe you might have to pay to pay, be able to post image. It's unclear what he was going to, but he's the subscription model is going to be a a free version as well as a subscription model for additional extras. Um, Jack and Robinson also says Elon wants to shut down criticism of himself. And wants to open the door to allowing uh, uh, Trump and his followers back onto Twitter, which is what I think it was more of a play for. Uh, Gianni says, Elon Flux. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know the reference for Elon. Elon Flux? Yeah, it was a great French cartoon. Yep. Um, Ade Boyega says, uh, bring back Black Planet. Yeah, I I don't I wasn't very familiar with Black Planet. What is Black Planet? Was that a big uh, Twitter Planet, platform? It was Black Planet was just a it was a platform specifically. It was like um MySpace was it like but black, for black people. Was it like Black Twitter? Was yeah, like, not quite Twitter, black but Twitter. similar. Yeah, in the essence of it the original social so, dude, media of MySpace. I never got was, a, I never got an invitation for that. <laughs> you didn't get an invitation to Black Planet? I you know, I meant to send it to you when I was on there, but you know. I, Actually, I never had a Black Planet account. One thing to consider as people keep bringing up Trump, you know, the next election year is only two years away. Yeah. And so this is very interesting That's going I think into it's a big the play next for it. general election in this country. Dario Winner says, you cannot pick what will be good and what will be bad. It comes as a whole package. He should have been Agreed. disqualified from ownership. Interesting. Agreed. But I mean, you know, you can't disqualify him if it's a pri- if it's a private company. Like, who disqualifies? Who would disqualify? And uh, you know? again, Gianni agrees with you, Mario. All right, is this truth lies truth or lies, shenanigans? What <laughs> is it? This is a tough one. This is I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be it shenanigans, but it's it's, truth, it's so hard to say. No, so I will say this. Here. I have. And he's I appreciate control. this topic because it forced me, you know, to look again. I knew nothing about Elon Musk and it forced me to look up his background, you know, as um, part Afrikaner, part Canadian. I think his mom is from Canada. Um, but, you know, his dad was a racist Afrikaner in South Africa. So there's a lot of history with this guy. There's a lot of history with this guy that I find fascinating. Mike Winter says, Rob, you can come to the barbecue. <laughs> Ade Boyega uh, says midterms are later this year. <laughs> Shenanigai, shenaniganized truth is what he's calling it. I'm not as worried about the midterms as I am. I am. Um, I mean, I, I'm expecting. I didn't say I wasn't. I said I'm not as worried okay. as I am about 2020. Yeah. Um, because I think 
there are a lot of forces that still, you know, have been drinking that Kool-Aid mm-hmm. and um, don't have the populace's best interest at heart. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you guys. All right. Mm-hmm. That was great topics. Now we're going to close it out with some fun and some shenanigans with our game show. Right, today's game is the shenanigans version of Have Have You you Ever? I have never. I have never. Have you ever? I have never. We'll spin the wheel for each person and the app will pose a question. Have you ever done whatever? If you have done it, you must tell the story behind it to get a point. If you haven't done it or do not tell the story, you will not get a point. All right, whoever ends up with the most points gets the final thought for the show. And we are starting out with Miss... Lizzie. Lizzie, have you ever pooped in your pants? I mean, hello, we were all infants. Absolutely. So I'm sure between the ages of (laughs) coming out of my mama's womb, up until I was potty trained, I was pooping in my pants several times a day. Fair enough. We're giving you a point for that one. Okay. We're giving you a point for that one. All right. Have you ever been grounded? This is Rod B. Oh, sweet Jesus, Neil. I, I was an ADD kid before ADD was a thing. So, of course, I've been grounded countless times, whether that be TV privileges, bike privileges, playing outside, phone. Yes, of course I have. All right. I mean, I think that's a privilege. I was never grounded. I just got my ass beat. Okay. No, I'm not saying that. That wasn't the question a because thing. I got that too. <laughs> I, 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 and I don't say that as. I don't as, think I was you know, ever grounded. Like, I was just beat. Yeah, we were just beat. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, I wish I were grounded. <laughs> I ground you for my parents didn't ground me. My brother grounded me, but I, my parents would thank me. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. How old was your brother? What's the age difference? Oh my God. My parent, it was my parents left him in charge. They went to Hudge, which is like a two week journey. And they, they left him in charge when he was maybe 16, 17. I think, and I was in middle school and I did something that wasn't even that big of a deal, but it was very religiously banned and <laughs> I went to a movies. I went to the movies with a guy and another girl and that was like not, and we saw, we saw a pretty woman and my brother banned me to the point where like we would go places and if there were friends there, I was not even allowed to talk to the people. Like he banned oh, wow. me. And, like I was grounded, straight grounded by my brother. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. Well, my All parents right. never grabbed me because it wasn't like a, it wasn't a concept for them. They just spanked. Like that's yeah. it. Like you just you, you get a beat down. That's it. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Lizzie, yeah. uh, Ade says, "Nice save, Lizzie, on that poop question." <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Maria, have you ever peed in a swimming pool? Oh, in a swimming pool? Mm-hmm. No. No. <sighs> Liar answer. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, I don't know. As a kid, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I've eaten a swimming pool. All right. This is for me. All right. Have I ever scared myself? I mean, scared myself is such a dumb question. Um, I've, uh, have I ever scared myself? I've probably scared myself. I just can't think of a time I've scared myself. So, um, you didn't scare yourself with that, that little that picture when you were like, what, six, seven? Oh my God. I love that picture. You know, that wasn't scary. With all the hair. I'm going to have to show that picture. I love that picture. I'm going to show that picture one day. 
a matter of fact, being a young driver, I'm gonna I'm 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 bring you some little Neo pictures for next week. I'm sorry, Mario. You, you just gonna have to I'll watch. Hear me. <laughs> I'll have to watch. Hear me. Yeah. I'm gonna bring some little pictures. I'm sorry. There's. I, I, okay, yes, I didn't get it. I didn't get that. I'm gonna point. All right. Oh, Lizzie, have you ever had a crush? This, I mean, who hasn't? Absolutely. Got, got stories for that one. Absolutely. I think my first crush. So Michael, Mike Winter will laugh about this. Um, my first crush, actually, I was in. Coming out of kindergarten, going into first grade, there was a kid at our school named Patrick Ridley. I used to love that kid. Now you may remember him, Neil. He went to Wilson. I know Patrick. Um, but Ridley. by the time, yeah. but by the time we got to Patrick, it was a completely different Patrick Ridley. Um, <laughs> but when we were when we were in kindergarten, first grade, I mean, he was just the cutest kid to me, and he was so mean to me. He mm. Pushed me down the sliding board. He pulled my. It means hair. he liked you. I, and, I ended up having to fight my crush. <laughs> Did you manifest like, him? Did you, you manifest him? You manifested If I had manifested him, he would have been like, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Queen Elizabeth. All right, Lizzie's in the lead. Mike Winner's laughing at Patrick Ridley. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Robbie. Have you ever, this, <laughs> the grammar is really bad. Have you ever ate something, stole, gone, I don't know what the hell stale. that is. I think stale. that's stale. Go, oh, stale. have you ever gone off? Eat something stale, moldy. gone off of moldy. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like, I mean, I've, I've been on a budget at times in my life. I've absolutely eaten food that's gone stale, gone off, or moldy. Yes. Okay. Uh, no specific story? You can't really remember? Yeah, what was well, it? You know, what was it, the first thing it, you remember? What, what was it? Was it? Was it bread? Was it? Oh my God! Cheese. Still chips, still bread. Just take cutting off the moldy bits off the cheese, or scooping it out of the sour cream. I've done that. Everybody I can't lie. That I've done right. that. I've done that. Right. All right, I'm gonna give you the point. All right, tied Lizzie and Rob. All right, Maria, have you ever been to the head teacher's office or the principal's office? Principal's office. Oh, have I sure. ever been to the principal's office? Um, hmm, no. Not for myself. Can I say what my my kids have been to the principal? I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll go with they that. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Right? If you've been Absolutely. to the principal's office because of Absolutely. your kids, what's the story? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say so. So the first time one of my children got in trouble, my 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 son was in fifth grade and he got into a fight. And I was kind of like, okay, you got into a fight. What'd you get into a fight for, right? And he ended up being suspended. But what happened was a kid had been bothering him for so long. And he punched him in the arm because, mm. and, and I was kind of like almost disappointed a little bit. I'll be honest. <laughs> like as, as I found out, I was like, so he'd been bothering you all that time. And all you did was punching him in the arm. Like you couldn't, you couldn't have, like, you couldn't have taken it to another level of like, you know, <laughs> anger and upset because he kind of deserved more. So, but that was my first visit to the, the, to the, um, the principal's office was for my child who, right. who got into a fight with a bully. All right. I like it. Yeah, sometimes bullies just need it. All right. Right? Have I ever embarrassed myself? Ah, uh, yeah, I've embarrassed myself. It's okay. I, all right. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember. I'll tell you show? one of my most embarrassing moments. I think was in um, school when um, I was had these. I was wearing. They weren't cross colors yet, but they were some red pants. And you know, we weren't wealthy growing up, but they were some red pants. And and I remember them clearly. I think they were my brother's hand me downs, actually. And they were a little too small for me, right? I was a little chunky kid, so I'm going. And I'm, I'm like running up the steps, and I don't know what happened. My pants split. 
had to have been like this had to have been third grade, I think, just split wide open. I mean, wide open. Not just not just a little cut. It's wide open oh. down the back. <laughs> my underwear was showing and I don't know, the teachers didn't send me home. I don't really remember what happened afterwards. All I know is kids were making fun of me all day long. Absolutely all day long. Just making fun of me. All right, this is going to be the last round. Last round. I get a point. But right now, Lizzie and Robert in the lead with two. Mario and myself. Are right, you ready? Last round. <laughs> Lizzie, have you ever eaten food from the floor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Five second rule. Five second rule. Yeah. Um, in, in elementary school, God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. Put it in your mouth and let it work. Mm-hmm, that's what you used to say. That was our, that was our motto in elementary school. <laughs> that was our motto in elementary school. Yep. So what'd you eat? I mean, myriad things. <laughs> um, well, you just so you like, eat anything off the floor, basically. I I think I think the 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 most prominent thing, right, was probably candy. Like I, if you know, candy. Even before I was diagnosed, you know, with diabetes, I loved sweets growing up. So if a piece of candy <laughs> fell on the floor when I was little, I was not throwing that in the trash. Are you crazy? Candy. <laughs> All right. But I'm telling you, you would kiss it up. Mm-hmm. But kiss it up. God made it That's what that day said. Yeah. That's what that day said. Kiss it up to God. Kiss day. it up. <laughs> it's just sprinkles. It's just sprinkles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. All right. Um. So let's see. Um. I'm looking at some. Look at the comments. Let's see. De- uh, Gianni says, "Laughing my ass off." Dale Bread is wild. Paulette says, "I'm still listening." <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> Paulette wants to know, Robbie. <laughs> Jacqueline says we all grew up in the fight with the five second rule and kissed it up to God. All right. Yep. All right, Robbie. This is for you for the tie, Robbie. Let's see if you did it. All right, all right. They were still kissing it up in Canada. They were kissing it up in Canada. Beautiful thing. <laughs> hey, Robbie, have you ever farted and said it wasn't you? <laughs> Remember, your, mo- your mom is listening. Your mom is listening. Of course, of course. And here's where I get to just show everyone how terrible a person I am. Uh, you know, retail crop dusting, absolutely. You know, a favorite thing to do back in the day where it's just, oh, I feel one coming on. I'm going to walk by this crowd of people who are shopping. So you just rip one quietly as you went by and you just look back and check out the aftermath. <laughs> All right, all right. So that's that's like intentional. That was an intentional thing, not a deflection. All right, so that puts oh, Lizzie and Robbie all the way in the lead. So we can't catch up, Maria. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask the audience who had the best stories. Put in the comments whoever had the best stories between Lizzie and Robbie. They win the game, and we'll get the final thought for the show. So. That was fun. Again, who was it? Who's the winner? Robbie, Lizzie, Robbie, Lizzie. Who's the winner? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave Boyega won his sudden death. He won his sudden death. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's get in some shout outs. Let's start off with Robbie. Uh, my shout out goes out to the families of the four cadets uh, who lost their lives uh, this weekend, uh, Friday morning. Four cadets at the Royal Military College in Kingston, Ontario, uh, were involved in a vehicle accident, lost their lives. Uh, they were identified as Jack Hogarth, Andre Honsu, Broden Murphy, and Andres Selleck. My heartfelt condolences to all of the families and the RMC. 
right, Lizzie. I too have a solemn shout out. Shout out to the Judd family. Um, we mm. learned yesterday that uh, the Judd's matriarch, Naomi Judd, Naomi Judd, passed away at the age of, age of 76, um, suspected mm. suicide. Uh, she had often talked about uh, severe depression. She also suffered from hepatitis. So there was a lot going on within the family. She and her daughter, Winona, actually were supposed to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame tonight. Mm. So um, shout out to the family. Condolences to the family. You know, I grew up loving the judge. Grew up loving the judge. My shout out goes to my brother and sister-in-law who just bought a new home, Randy and Valerie. You guys can expect to see me stopping by on volleyball nights. Here you come. Sweaty and hungry. Sweaty and hungry. Here you come. That's right. It's right around the corner from volleyball, so I'm gonna be stopping by. All right, Mario, shout out. My shout out is to it is it, we're coming up on Teacher Appreciation Week, and my shout out to, is to all the educators who have been working really hard in schools, um, in higher education, and in elementary, middle, high school, all of it, preschool, because it has been a hell of a year for everyone. And so, for teachers who have gone through a lot, and for all the educators in the building, it's a shout out. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week! I love it. Happy, thank you, thank you. Well, happy Teacher Appreciation Week. All right. Um, there are final comments, prayers for the Judd family of Tremend Day. Heartbreaking. Um, oh, Johnny, shout out to Neo. Thanks for always putting on an amazing show. Thank you. I couldn't do it without the whole crew here, though. Um, Daria, thank you so much. And that is all the time we have for today's show. Ade Boyega says, shout out to all the teachers. All right. I'd like to thank all of you for joining us. We hope that you maybe learned something, gained a new perspective, even got some things off your chest. We will be back live next week, Mother's Day, but it will be our last live for about three weeks or so. We're taking a short break, mid-season break. We'll post some specials, replays, but we, we will be off. Our next live show will be after that, Sunday, June 5th at 4 p.m. Again, live next week. And then the next show will be Sunday, June 5th, 4 p.m. Eastern. But don't run away just yet. It's not over. Check out the after show. You never know what might come up. Streaming live exclusively, TLSfans.com Facebook page. Immediately following the show. Or later in the week, TLSpod.com. Um, and don't forget, subscribe to Beyond the Scars podcast, beyondthescars.show. And definitely don't forget to check out Maria Cosme's blog at browngirlinterrupting.com and her Pain to Power podcast on Which is YouTube. actually tonight. So tonight. Absolutely. Tonight. Every Sunday at nine o'clock tonight, you have really got to tune in. I have the amazing Shaharia Johnson, who is the CEO of a nonprofit called Silence Pills, which is all about helping and supporting women who have experienced domestic abuse through art therapy and being able to use their voices to reclaim their power. So yeah. please come and check it out. Nine o'clock on Brown Girl Interrupting on YouTube. So check that right, out. Make sure you subscribe right. as well. Make sure you subscribe. And our winner, it looks like it's going to be Liz E with a bunch of votes. Sorry, Robbie. I know, but threats of violence from the voters. Man. <laughs> there, there were some threats of violence. If they don't vote for Liz. So, I mean, I got to <laughs> give it up. I got to give it up. I don't want anyone to get hurt. All right, Lizzie, close this out. <laughs>
So I just want to close out and give a big thank you to my intern crew. My students for this year's Rodenfels class have started graduating. Yesterday was the first graduation. Um, I had the honor, the privilege of monitoring and managing these students for 11 months. And they have done some great things. It's been a hard fought 11 months, but I'm very proud of what they've done in the time with us at Anscape in their maturation process, in the products and the reporting that they've done. So graduate, the first graduation was yesterday. The last graduation will be May 21st. So there's gonna be a lot of tears, but also a lot of announcements of what they are doing, of their um, acceptance letters into job programs or graduate school programs. So I'm just very excited and happy for my cheering. The new class starts on June 6th. So get ready for that. Get ready for that. All right. All right. And that's Anscape. Check out Anscape. So thank you, Lizzie. Anscape.com. Thank you, Lizzie. Rob B. You've also, (laughs) Gino Major says, Rob's my hero. And special thank you to guest host today, Mario Cosby. But most importantly, we have to thank you for watching and listening to our shenanigans each and every week. And we will see you next time. Yeah.